thank you. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, week six rankings at each position. If you want to play in the best tournament on DraftKings, it's super easy. All you need to do is go to the description of this podcast or video and find the link to the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings listeners slash viewers league. $15 to play, three max entry, and the best part, there is no rake. We fill this up quickly, we get more spots, we get more guaranteed free money, and it'll be good to go. So go get your spot right now in that contest. Even reserve it if you don't feel like filling out your team. Also, a special announcement if you're looking for the spread pick show this week. It'll be coming out on Wednesday evening, not Wednesday morning. We had a scheduling delay. Just throwing that out there so people don't get triggered at me when they can't find the show. That's the reason for it. The DraftKings show will be coming out on Wednesday morning. They've swapped spots in the schedule for this week only. Uh, The other thing you might want to do is get into a draw for 20 DK bucks. Super easy way to do that. Smash the like button for the video. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section and tell me who would be your number one receiver this week. You can only play one. There can be only one, like Highlander. Which one would you play? And that's the draw for 20 DK bucks. The other ways to do so, the most important thing to do is leave a five-star review for the audio podcast. So subscribe to the show, download the show, rate the show, five stars, DraftKings handle, something nice about the show, and you will be in a draw for 20 DK bucks. Just like following me on Instagram, at the PME, hurting and or liking, or whatever the hell they call it on Instagram. One of the sports photos that come up there, leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section, and boom, you too will be in a draw for 20 DK bucks. Winners announced. Every Monday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the live Pat Mayo Experience on the DraftKings YouTube channel. Up later on on that audio podcast feed I talked about, which you should leave the review for. All right, we got that out of the way from TheAthletic.com on Twitter at AllInKid. It is Jake Seeley. What's going on, my man? Oh, not too much. It's already week six. Hey, look, look, third of the way through. Even more yeah. than that. It, this, it flies by. It's going faster than any other football season I can actually remember. So, yeah. I'm here for it. That's fine with me. I'm ready to just start over again. Can we do that? Yeah, I mean, I guess we could. Do, did we make a bet on last week's show? Because I feel like we did, but I can't remember what it was. Uh, I feel like we did too, but I, I feel like, I don't know if it was Tyler Eifert. I just, I know I was against Tyler Eifert everywhere. And so I don't know if it was Tyler Eifert. Was it? Or was yeah, it a wide receiver? It, it, go it back some, and watch the show. It, it, it something to do with a wide receiver. <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but I'll go back and I'll, I'll get the scouting. It wasn't. It wasn't my best week for wide receiver. So you might go on to check to see if you won that one. Well, I mean, now I'm definitely going to go back and check. But either way, uh, I want to talk waiver wire before we start here as a quick update. My full waiver wire show and NFL recap is already up on all feeds. You can check that out with Sal Vetri from yesterday. But a little bit of news has changed. Uh, Jalen Samuels is out a month with a knee injury now. He was randomly number one in my waiver wire pickups at running back because there were no good running backs to pick up. I moved Chase Edmonds into the number one spot in the off chance that David Johnson doesn't play, but... I don't know, is there any other like decent running back you can think of? Well, so I do the same as you for less than 60% owned. And I, actually, so Adrian Peterson question mark, like that's who I have up there I, with. I had, I had him over 60% owned on the site that I look at. So he actually didn't make it. He would be number one because you can play him this week. Well, so I had, there was one with him too. So for, I'm using Yahoo uh, who actually fell under 60% because they were on a bias. Kenyon Drake. I don't love that one either, but those two would be in the mix. Uh, Yahoo's actually got both of them. Carlos Hyde, Peyton Barber, and Frank Gore. All of those guys are just under 60%. I don't love any of them, but all the, I think they're all in the same conversation of 
you kind of have to own them and you kind of have to use them during these bye weeks. To go further down to your point, uh, Chase Edmonds is just behind Rashad Penny for me. And I'm not even that excited for Rashad Penny. And people know how much I love Rashad Penny because he's not even getting the touches. He's getting 25. What does he have? 25? Yeah, on the season. 25 total touches on the season. Yeah, I have Edmonds, then Penny, then Chris Thompson. All the guys that you mentioned on ESPN, at least, they fell above the 60% marker. So I'd probably say Carlos Hyde is probably the best pickup of the week if you just need someone to plug and play because he has an awesome matchup. Yeah, that'd be about the only one. I think Kenny Drake's got a good matchup too, but and the, the good thing is they finally put Balage back to the bench and now Mark Walton's ahead of him. So you know Drake's getting the work, but it is the Dolphins. Uh, and at wide receiver with Philip Dorsett looking like he's going to miss extended time. We did know about the Sterling Shepard news once that came out. So I actually bumped <laughs> up Darius Slayton and Jacoby Myers uh, into the top five of pickup receivers this week. I want nothing to do with Darius Slayton against Stefan Gilmore this week. That zero. That's my biggest issue for sure. Well, but I mean, <laughs> they're, they're not on by next week, right? No, but even after that, it's still look that we saw what happened is it's similar to Kirk cousins and the Vikings of what I talked about with Daniel Jones and why everybody need to cool their jets and why, who knows what to expect going forward. Sterling Shepard played outside and the numbers are there. Tons of people tweeted it out is the fact that the numbers up until that game, the majority of his receiving yards, targets, receptions, everything was coming from the slot. Now he's outside when he returns golden Tate's in the slot, but there wasn't really a connection going with golden or Daniel Jones yet. Evan Ingram, when he's back after this week, what, what the heck happened all of a sudden with Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram all of a sudden being out for this week out of the blue. But in any case, you can't play all three guys in the slot. And that was the biggest problem with this team. So Slayton's okay, but I don't see that he's going to be somebody that you want to trust more than, hey, I could get 13 or I could get zero. I guess so. There's just not a, I mean, a lot of these receivers right now on the waiver pickup list are frankly like seven point guys. Maybe they go did, off. Did Auden Tate pass 60 on ESPN? Uh, no, he, I have him at number three. I have Robbie Anderson, Deontay Johnson, and Auden Tate is one, two, three. Then Myers and Darius Slayton. Okay. That's uh, actually, that's, I have Auden Tate at the top with, I have actually both Jets to see if they've been dropped with Sam Darnold coming back, Jameson Crowder included. And then Muhammad Snoosnu, our, our guy, is still getting the majority of the snap. He had more snaps than any wide receiver this week. He's still under 60% on Yahoo. I'm guessing he's probably right around there on ESPN as well. Yeah, I have him at six and I have Crowder at seven. So we're pretty much on the same page in terms of pickups. Yeah. No Zay Jones. <laughs> Uh, I, I have him down on the list. But look, I mean, if everyone's hurt on the Raiders, he's going to, and he really fits with what the Raiders do well, throwing passes at the line of scrimmage. I mean, that's Zay Jones's whole game. Yeah, but also Zay Jones' other game is having hands like Devin Funches. So I mean, he's catching even, he's catching call, what, 43%? Can we call it hands like Dante Pettis as someone who bet the over in his yardage and then <laughs> watching him not do anything, finally make a catch, which he almost dropped. And then they hit him on a slant over the middle where he's going to, he might not get to the end zone, but he's going to get enough yards to clear the 27 and 27 and a half pretty easily. <laughs> and just like, come on, man, figure it out. Uh, you sound like how I felt watching the Chiefs game for my survivor pool where it was five figures at stake and I'm out. Yeah, I got bounced by the Bears in Survivor. I also lost a matchup on Beckham's punt return fumble. So great week for Pat. <laughs> hey, is Beckham even? Uh, well, we'll get to it. I was going to we'll, we'll no, say that. We, we, can, we can do Odell right now. Um, here's He's the not thing. a wide receiver one anymore, right? No, I have him way down in the rankings this week. Here's the thing, though. The matchups upcoming, like the next four weeks, are truly horrendous for Odell. And then it kind of flips, and I think he has the easiest wide receiver schedule from there on out. So if you're like a 5-0 and team, 
uh, and you don't expect the world from Beckham right away, I think that he's someone who's going to be incredibly valuable to have coming down the stretch for your team where he could get back to being a wide receiver one. You're just going to have to wait it out. The problem is if you're one and four, two and three, you don't have that luxury because he was probably your first or early second round pick that your team's probably pretty screwed at this point. So I think yeah. it's a very, I think it's a very logical trade that if you have Beckham and you're struggling, just go to the guy who's like first or second in the league and just explain to him like, look, his season's going to turn around. He just has a really tough next four weeks and you take 80 cents on the dollar for him because you need to get back into it. I think that's the move you wow. need to take with Odell right now. That's a long, I'm looking at it right now. That's a long way though. That's week 11. That's a long way yeah, coming. But, but if you're, if you're five and oh or four and one, like you right. can absorb that depending on what the person in return would want for Beckham. Like if you can trade, not necessarily a tertiary piece, but you know, something that you find that you can live without and then have Beckham as like your wide receiver three or whatever. Well, here, here, I'll throw one at you. And this, this is my boy. You know that. Would you take DJ Chark or all the Beckham the rest of the way? I'd probably take Beckham, but it is super close. Like if, but uh, I'm factoring in these next four matchups for Beckham that just looked completely disastrous on paper. Maybe he overcomes it. Maybe they get it figured out. But if I was the team who was way out ahead, that would be the sort of guy that you could right, probably right. get for him. That I think if I was five and oh, I would make that swap. And I think if I was one and four, I would actually make the swap the other way. I'd take DJ Chark for the moment. Exactly. And that's why I think that Chark and anybody in that similar conversation is a good one. That's why I threw him to you on that because I'm with you on that. That's a, again, that's a long way. Cause you got the buy mixed in there as well to week 11 to wait for that out. But as you mentioned, it is still Odell Beckham. This is still the team that everybody was super excited for and thought had Super Bowl aspirations before the season. Even if these next four weeks, even if only two of them are wide receiver two value, you're still on the hope that those last couple of games, as you mentioned, end up being wide receiver one value you're going to get the better end of it. You just hope that the next four games aren't just completely miserable. So that's where I'm with you. hundred percent, five and oh, four and one. I make that swap. If you're on the other side, I make the other one. And it's just fun to say that DJ Chark's now in the conversation. Oh, no Beckham. Yeah. Do you worry about Chark at all this week? I guess we should probably wait till we get to wide receivers to discuss this, but I had a bit of hesitation, obviously with him last week. And that just did not turn out well for me whatsoever. I thought the DD would end up being better, but Chark just continues to overcome good matchup, bad matchup. It really doesn't make a difference, but he probably will draw Marshawn Lattimore this week. And yeah, and that's a legitimate concern, which didn't look like it was going to be a concern after the first three weeks is the fact that Marshawn Latimer has gone right back to being a lockdown corner. And there were some reports that it was actually health related, that he wasn't 100% and battling like a sickness or something for the first couple of weeks. If that's true, you know, that, that kind of excuses it away. All that being said is like he should draw him Lattimore for the majority, but it's not going to be 100 percent. And I think they'll move him around enough to try and get him off him a little bit. And the good news about this is the Saints are one of it's kind of like the Giants. Even if Jenkins is playing at his greatest level, there's such a drop off from Lattimore to P.J. Williams and Eli Apple. P.J. is obviously mostly in the slot, but the drop off, if you could just get him out there for three catches, I think it, it, no matter the matchup, even if he's facing the, the Patriots and Stephon Gilmore, I think Chark is now officially in the must-start wide receiver two conversation, and I don't see how you bench him. Uh, I completely agree. Uh, I felt like an idiot last week. Like I said, not going to make that mistake again. Now <laughs> Was that our bet? Uh, I hope not. Uh, maybe <laughs> unless I took like Will Fuller against him, and then I would feel pretty oh, good about God. it. I, it may, I, I it, it may Will have Fuller. been Will Fuller related. I'm not going to lie. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Can we, can I, can I, 
make a proposal to you, Pat Mayo. Can we put Will Fuller in worst place? Can we do no, that now? No, not at all. Not, not as someone who used him no. on DraftKings last week. But you used him on DraftKings because it, like everybody's like, oh, he was doing all this type of stuff. But the fact is, everybody was calling for him in week four. Everybody was calling for him in week three. And it was like, okay, it was the best matchup he had all season. That's true. But everybody's going to roll out Will Fuller next week, and he's going to pull the Jared Cook and come up goose egg. Well, Jake, not goose egg, but close. Jake, you don't dictate who goes in worst place. I dictate. That's who why goes I proposed it. No, I proposed it. Motion heard, shot down. He's in my worst place. Then you need to have worst place. Oh, imagine how triggered people on the athletic would be if you stopped, like, <laughs> just stopped ranking someone. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, it'd be so worth true. it. It'd be worth it for the comments. <laughs> uh, that's Run- true. Running back rankings for week six. I'm playing with the injury report right now. So likely in, I got Christian McCaffrey, David Johnson, Tony Pollard, Rex Burkhead, Jamal Williams, likely out Darren Sproles and Saquon Barkley, officially out Wayne Gallman and Jalen Samuels with his knee problems. The Bills, the Colts, the Bears, and the Raiders are all on bye weeks. Getting tough out there, especially if you spent all your money like an idiot on Wayne Gallman, like Pat Mayo, and now you got no running backs, and it's not good. However... Um, David Johnson is the one I want to talk about before we get into the rankings. Do you think he's going to end up playing? Because I think he will. It sounds like he will. It sounds like that it wasn't even that severe during the game. So I think he will. And I think this is a matchup you, you definitely want David Johnson in. So number one in the rankings this week, I have Ezekiel Elliott. Number two, I have Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Nick Chubb, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell with Safe Space space Sam back under center, Uh, Aaron Jones, Derek Henry, and Chris Carson, Todd Gurley, James Conner, the Terminator, Kerryon Johnson. No. What? He's not, James Conner's not even the Terminator. John Conner's not even the Terminator. I hate that nickname. That's no. the worst one. Well, that is the worst you, one you, out there. You, you can fucking deal with that. I'm going to continue <laughs> to talk about John Connor. John Connor is John Connor. The Terminator is not John Connor. <laughs> you realize if you say it in the Arnold voice, you can really pass it as anything, right? It's like how the Beastie uh, Boys can... used to make a lot of rhymes with words that didn't rhyme with each other. So what, like go Terminators go instead of go Chargers go? Like it just it doesn't matter. You just use the voice and you can say anything as Terminator. Yeah, you can just be like, it's not a tumor and it'd be fine. It doesn't even Whatever. need to be Terminator. It just be it could just be Arnold in general. But anyway, John Connor, James Connor, the Terminator, uh, Carry On Johnson, Mark Ingram has been guest ranked by Fantasy Pros, Austin Eckler, Carlos Hyde, Damian Williams, Joe Mixon, and Sorny Michelle. Any problems that you see right here? Anyone's too low for you? Uh, surprisingly enough, I remember a few weeks ago I went ag- I went against the guest pros rankings, and I am again. I actually think this is the week now where Mark Ingram is too low because. It's the friggin' Bengals, and I'm going to be interested to see where you have Gus Edwards because everybody, including the backups, have been running all over the Bengals because the Bengals are trash. I have Gus just outside the top 30. He's one spot behind LaShawn McCoy, and I could even be talked into putting him up higher. I like Gus this week. I, I like us a lot too. I, I think that you just attack the Bengals anywhere possible, passing or rushing, but especially rushing. Rushing, I, I would say... I feel better about Mark Ingram's usage than who uh, see I, I, James Conner only because Devlin at quarterback. I just don't know what to, and 
good thing. The good news for him, and I say good news for an injury, but the good news is honestly for him, he should see more work going forward because Benny Snell's not that good. Benny Snell is like a poor man's Jordan Howard. And if I include Jordan Howard and then say poor man's, that just kind of gives you the idea. I think this means more work for James Conner back into the old Steelers running back that gets the 70, 80, and even 90% of the workload. All that being said is this offense could just be God off. It could turn out to be one of the worst offenses this week and it wouldn't surprise anybody. So for that reason alone, I feel more confident in Mark Ingram than James Conner, and that's probably where I would stop. Hmm. Well, that's not going to happen in my rankings. I just kind of inserted <laughs> in where it goes. Like, I'm not playing Mark Ingram. Good God. I don't want to have, like, an aneurysm watching the game when he fumbles eight <laughs> times. Uh, the only other thing, like, Delvin Hodges, could he be better than Mason Rudolph? Because Mason Rudolph wasn't very good. No, he wasn't. And the interesting thing was, is Emory Hunt for our site, he wrote an article about Devlin and said he might be better for this offense. And if everybody wants to read the article, it's kind of insightful. All that being said, we're talking about somebody from a small school that nobody cared about that, you know, had a lot of intangibles that are what you would want from somebody who has better athleticism and better NFL smarts. And I say the intangibles because what Emery points out is that he doesn't care. He's going to gunsling. So maybe that's good for Juju Smith-Schuster. But again, it kind of goes to what I'm talking about with this game. If Hodges is out there and he's just slinging it and he doesn't care and he's throwing two interceptions and all of a sudden they're behind 14, 20 to nothing early, he's going to – good good for Juju. Good for Deontay Johnson. He's going to keep slinging it, but bad for James Conner. Could be, but he could also just become a part of the receiving game now that Jalen Samuels is not going to be around. So it could go either way. They might just right. turn to the run in this game, and we'll see how that ends up working out for them. Either way, I think that he's going to play like 80-plus percent of the snap, so I don't really worry about James Conner. It's more of a volume over an efficiency play. You just hope that he gets to 20, 23 touches, and then it should be good enough to be a low-end or a high-end running back, too. You All you have to do at that point is fall into the end zone once, and you're golden. Yeah, and then you can say your stupid Terminator thing. As a Terminator. <sighs> I love it. I'm gonna, I might just do all the names in that. Are you going to see the new one? Ever, there's a new Terminator? No. Is Arnold in? It's Yeah, it should bring back Sarah Connor, too. Of course, we, it's member berries, man. That's how you make money these days. Is James Cameron directing it? Yes, he's back as well. All right, if James Cameron's actually directing it, then I'm in. I don't know if he's fully directed. He's then, involved. No, said, no, no, <laughs> so produced by James Cameron? No, I'm out. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Dark Fate. Terminator Dark Fate. I'll tell you right now. The, no, it's directed by – oh, it's directed by a Deadpool guy, Tim Miller. Yeah, pass. Hard pass oh, on that. You don't like Deadpool? I like, worth- De- I like Deadpool, but if it's not going to be – I've had too much um, poor experience with non-James Cameron-related Terminator stuff. So I just – you don't want to see like Terminator come out and be like, I'll be back. Wink, wink. Is it the camera like Deadpool? No, you don't want to see that. I mean, I'll just go back and watch judgment day. It, it seems pretty easy. <laughs> I can watch that from the comfort of my home. No, they've basically taken the, the T 1000 and morphed it into like a super like Terminator with this super glossy re whatever that liquid metal stuff is like, this like a super Terminator. Oh, Sounds like kind of fun, but we'll see. I'll watch the trailer and I'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, so Eckler, you good with Eckler over Gordon? Yeah, one more week, especially just like your full point PPR. <laughs> I mean, Eckler was essentially their number one wide receiver last week. Yeah, what's going to happen in that game? Remember this game from last year and they were just like, I know how to cover Keenan Allen. Let's put a big, slow linebacker on him. And he ended up <laughs> with like 15 catches. I assume they're not going to do that again. 
Well, here's the, the the thing now is the Steelers actually have options and maybe they drop down Fitzpatrick and, you know, double cover and one over the top or whatever they might do. The truth is, with like, when you have what happened last week, you know how to stop Keenan Allen with the Chris Harris and just the ability to be shifty and stay with him. They have options. They don't have anybody of that level, but they have options where they can be smarter about Keenan Allen this week. And which Keenan Allen, Mike Williams is still – there's still no Hunter Henry. There's Austin Eckler, even with Melvin Gordon, is still going to be involved. Whether he's third on the team in targets, he's going to be out there enough where I'm okay with it a full point PPR and a non and half. I probably lean Melvin Gordon. He's essentially like the really good version of James White right now. Who? Oh, Eckler? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good comparison. I actually said this could be 2013 best case scenario where Ryan Matthews was a low NRB one and everybody remembers Danny Woodhead as the mid-level RB two, whether it was half point, even a non-PPR, he was an RB two. I think we could be looking at that as the best case scenario. Even if it's what you just said, though, it's James White and what people wanted Sony Michelle to be. That's actually very similar to what the 2013 Chargers. So I think you can start both of them going forward. I think one more week at Eckler, but I could kind of feel like Melvin Gordon would be ahead of him starting week seven. Uh, Damian Williams, the Chiefs running back to start, played yeah. 55% of the snaps on Sunday. What happened with McCoy? Did he have mystery injury that no one talked about, or did he just get benched? Well, so two things. Is one is he's still banged up. He's been banged up since what week two or whatever it is. But on top of it, after the game, it, like I don't know how true this is, and that this is just talking like maybe an excuse made up on the spot. But they said it was because Lashawn McCoy was having pass protection problems, which seems strange for Lashawn McCoy at this point of his career to all of a sudden have pass protection problems. But that's what they were saying. And so whatever the case may be, it looks like Damien's got his job back. Uh, 21 in the rankings, Matt Breda coming off a big Monday night game, Melvin Gordon, Adrian Peterson, who we talked about briefly in a good matchup, uh, and with a new coaching staff that really wants to run the ball. So Adrian Peterson, fire him up. And Adrian Peterson Jr., Jordan Howard right after him in a much tougher matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. Lindsey, Devonta Freeman, who still sucks yet has found now the end zone. So I guess he's going to get the work. Edo Smith is way better than Devonta Freeman. James White, Royce Freeman, Kenyon Drake. Is he? Duke yeah, he is. Duke Johnson. Uh, I think both Duke and Hyde are playable against the Chiefs here, especially if Kenny Stills misses the week again. Uh, then Miles Sanders, Chris Thompson, Tevin Coleman, Jonathan Hilleman, McCoy, Gus Edwards, Chase Edmonds, Ronald Jones, Ito Smith, and Peyton Barber. Um, I can move Gus higher. I would feel good about it. Like, what do we do with Hilleman? Like, he's going to start. Penny's going to get Too one. high. That's too high at number, th- what I have in, 34? Yeah, it's too high. It's, it's a, the Patriots given up two touchdowns all year long. And guess what? Hillman's not going to get one of them. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a, a complete shutout. I mean, honestly, the Giants are rolling out. No Ingram. We just talked about it before. No Ingram, no Shepard, no Barkley. It's Hillman, Slayton, Tate, and I guess Latimer and whatever we were talking um, about before. But They also have Rhett Ellison. Come on now. Oh, yeah. Rhett Ellison and Elijah Penny is spelled really weird for Elijah. But look, the truth is... Uh, I don't see the Giants being even on the scoreboard, potentially even getting in the end zone. How do you expect Hillman to have much value, especially when he couldn't even get over three yards of carry in the limited time that he did have last week against what was a weaker defense? I mean, obviously it's not a super weak defense in the fact that it's the Vikings, but it's not the Patriots. I like, I just, I can't, I would start so many guys behind him. I would take Gus Edwards. Absolutely. I would take Chase Edmonds in a mix. I would take Ronald. I would take both Buccaneers. I would take Edo Smith, who you brought up and Rashad Penny. I, there's no, I put him down by Gio Bedard. 
I'm going to move him one spot behind Ito Smith. I'll conservatively move him down to 39. I mean, we're at the point now, though, like whether it be one of the Tampa backs who no one can seem to predict week to week, even how much they're going to end up playing. And then you have someone like LaShawn McCoy who could be so bagged up he doesn't get a touch that, oh, Hilleman, at least he's going to be on the field. That's that's some question mark. It might be Elijah Penny. Is it going to be Elijah Penny? They were giving him touches towards the end of that game. Ugh. All right. Number th- number 39 is good enough for Hilleman <laughs> then. Um, Miles Sanders could be really sneaky in this game with no Darren Sproles out. I have no faith in it, but I do think that he's someone that if you wanted to gamble on some upside, <laughs> that he's, he's viable. Well, you, did you not see Doug Peterson say that he wants to give Jordan Howard more touches? Yeah, but he's not going to be like they've tried him in the receiving game. He had the one catch that he turned into a touchdown. That was nice. I think every other time they've thrown to him this season, it's hit him in the face. I know. I just, it's just this team is hilarious. And as you said, you can't trust it. It does seem like a good spot for Miles Sanders. And I threw that out there for just the fact of how annoying this backfield is. I, I don't believe, even if Jordan Howard's touches increase, what, like 10% just because Darren Sproles isn't out there. So he gets a few more carries to, but to your point, Miles Sanders gets some more passing game work. But this Miles Sanders wouldn't even be in the conversation if it wasn't for four teams on a bye. No, I completely agree. He's still outside the top 30 with four teams on a bye and significant injuries to go around. It's clearly Howard that you would need to start there. I can't wait for the week where that flips and then all of a sudden Jordan Howard isn't used anymore because that's coming. Oh, Jordan, he's going to be like benched at some point. No, well, it's Doug Peterson. He won't be completely benched. He'll just be down in that like 20% range while Miles Sanders is getting 50. Uh, Any other running back thoughts? It's a bad week. It's tough. It's not the worst part about it is some of the appealing guys have really bad matchups and that's the problem. Okay. So let's play a hypothetical game. Then let's say Barkley ends up playing on Thursday. He's not, he's not, he's not officially out yet. So let's just say he's playing. I'm telling you he's officially out. I, I he's a feel like when did this break? Cause I just saw he got in a limited practice today. No, no, no. I'm telling you he's officially out as in like, there's 0% chance Barkley plays this week. All right. So in Jake world, it's 0% <laughs> based on the report that I've read. There's a chance, a 1% chance he can play. <laughs> let's say he's in uniform on the sidelines announced as the starter. Where would you put him in the rankings? Yeah. He has to be a top 10 play even against the Patriots. He's Saquon Barkley. This is similar to Dalvin cook. When we were talking about Dalvin Cook against the Bears, he got the touchdown. He ended up being an RB1. Like, that's what you do with players of that talent. Yes, they could get shut down and have 15 carries for 40 yards and be a disappointment, but this is why wide receiver ones are wide receiver ones and RB1s are RB1s. This is why Ezekiel Elliott and those kind of guys are in the conversation because their worst is still a few points. So Barkley would be in the top 10. I, I, but again, it, it doesn't matter because this is, this is a make-believe world. It's not happening. Uh, if David Johnson sits against Atlanta, Atlanta, where does Chase Edmonds move up to? I would, who he would be up. I'd put him right behind Eckler in front of Carlos Hyde. So and I might even be tempted to put him higher. So like 16, 15, 16, 17, that range. I might even feel better than him, not than the split of the chargers. He's, he would be fringe RB one for me. Do we worry that anyone else starts get to, starts getting work in that offense besides him? No, it, it, that's Chase Edmonds' backfield. And Chase Edmonds is a very, very talented running back that a lot of people don't know because you haven't got to see a lot of them. I mean, he's flashed. People have seen enough to see him flash, but they haven't seen enough to know. Like, he is somebody that – if David Johnson, like, went down this week it was out for the rest of the season, I think Chase Edmonds would be a low-end RB1 for the rest of the season. 
Wide receiver rankings for week six. I have Brandon Cooks is in at the moment, although he has not passed concussion protocol. We'll see what ends up happening. They had the extended week. Hollywood Brown in, Deshaun Jackson in, Demir Bird in, Tyreek Hill I currently have in. We'll talk about the different scenarios with him. Albert Wilson, Danny Amendola, and Jakeem Grant. I have as always likely playing this week, likely out. I have Sammy Watkins, James Washington, Devontae Adams, Kenny Stills, Alex Erickson, Philip Dorsett, Rashad Perriman, Rashad Higgins. <laughs> and officially out, I have AJ Green and Sterling Shepard again with the bye weeks. That leaves number one in the rankings. And this was the giveaway this week, Jake. Cooper Cup. Wow. Got a problem? I can't go. Comp- uh, no, I don't. This is the first time that he's had a matchup that's slightly concerning, though. I'm not super concerned about the matchup. I think it's... Under, I said slightly. I, I, I'd be more concerned about Woods and or Cook, whichever one that is. Well, if Cooks is out, then who the heck cares anyway? So, yeah. I mean, that's a situation that could easily happen. And at this point, forget Woods. I, I don't know about you, but I talked about it on my podcast, is going forward with the way that Gerald Everett has turned into being a value that some people forgot that this was somebody they drafted in the second round. They drafted when they didn't have a first-round pick as the future tight end option that we've been waiting for and waiting for for two years. But it's finally hit. I actually think that Gerald Everett's going to come at the expense of Robert Woods for the rest of the way, where I'm concerned if all three wide receivers are on the field and it's Gerald Everett, that Woods is the one being left out if Everett is going to continue to be a thing. So that all being said, if Cooks is out, I'm not that concerned about Woods for this week because that's just three people. So, but if it isn't, then I would say Woods is the one I'm going to be having the lowest going forward consistently. Cooper Cup is going to consistently be the number one. And I don't even have a problem with you having a number one period. Number one is all I would probably I, I i think i would lean chris godwin barely but i mean both those guys deserve to be in the conversation so i have cup at one deandre hopkins at number two julio at three chris godwin at four amari cooper at five michael thomas i have tyree kill if he's playing i'm playing him as the seventh best wide receiver of the week Thielen, larry fitzgerald then julian edelman tower lockett kenny galladay Josh Gordon, Robert Woods, uh, assuming that, you know, maybe Cooks plays but isn't incredibly full health and has a chance to re-aggravate his concussion problem. Uh, Terry McLaurin, Juju, Tyler Boyd, Calvin Ridley, Mike Evans, Hollywood Brown, Will Fuller, Mike Williams, DJ Chark, Odell, Stefan Diggs, Jarvis Landry, Elshon Jeffrey, Brendan Cooks, and Cortland Sutton. Those are my top 30. Hmm. Let's say, look, Odell Beckham's pretty far. He's right behind DJ Chark. I got to tell you, though, if Brandon Cooks passes and is fine, I would just completely as I just I would just swap Woods and Cooks. And I look, I could be wrong. I'm not saying I know for sure because this is a frustrating situation to try and predict. But if you're talking about where they're used on the field, as we've seen so far, Woods has been a disappointment outside of the one big game. And especially with these last two games now, and I know one of them overlaps, but again, to everything I pointed out, I think Everett is going to hurt Woods. Cooks obviously isn't affected by where Everett's going to be making his value. So uh, that that's my only concern there. I think, I'd, I think I feel a little bit better about Terry McLaurin, but I mean... I can't. I'm not gonna. I can't see making a tough argument against Galladay or Gordon or Lockett to move him up significantly. I just. I feel like he's he's got to have a nice game against the Dolphins. All right, I'll move him up. So I'll put him one spot behind Kenny Galladay. I got no problem with that. Yeah, that's certainly fair. Where's uh? I'm trying to look. Did you have Albert Wilson out? No, I have him likely in. I, I have him likely in. I just have him way down because I have no idea what's going on. Like. Now that Preston Williams has emerged, like our Albert Wilson snaps, they should come at the expense of Jakeem Grant, who's likely also to be back. And then you have Parker. Like, I just don't know what's going on with that offense. So if also, Wilson's also up- it's not good. 
Well, obviously, but the Redskins, the only one left that's, and he's not anything what it used to be is Josh Norman. If you're going to attack this defense, slot corners have uh, destroyed this team so far every single week. Albert Wilson, slot guy. That, that's, that's the only reason I brought him up. But obviously, I mean, he could be out there for 50% of his normal workload. So there, you, it's a kind of a boomer bust play. I think I would have more confidence, not even confidence, but I would be better off playing Albert Wilson on DraftKings for his price than committing him to my season-long lineup unless I was, That's in, fair. Di- unless I was in dire straits, hence the ranking a bit down this week. The movie? Yes. Are they banned? <laughs> or whatever it is. Uh, so Sutton, I'm trying to see here. Like, is Odell, should I have him lower? Should I have Diggs above him? Uh, no. I, I would not. I would actually play Landry, Jeffrey, and probably even something before I played Diggs. Here's the thing about Diggs. This, so this is the one week where I'm going to tell everybody out there, like this could go either way. There's a scenario for Diggs to do really well this week, and there's a complete bomb. But most weeks after this, there's very few teams left on the schedule that should be a Diggs week. I'm sure you saw the same report. The report is, and this is because of Kirk Cousins. This is something that you and I talked about last year, and this is my concerns of Kirk Cousins, is that Kirk Cousins – when he has a little bit of time and he got his guy out of the slot working his routes, that's Adam Thielen usually. He's got a huge days with Adam Thielen. When the times last year where they moved Diggs into the slot, those were some of Diggs' better games. Kirk Cousins sucks outside and deep. He always has. He always sometimes overlooks a wide-open player to go to the deeper guy, double and triple cover, because that's who Kirk Cousins is. But when he's forced to get the ball out quick and not have time to overthink himself – that usually means it's Diggs because Diggs breaks off his routes even if he's outside quicker and he gets open quicker. That's what happened against the Bears. So th- this is why I'm saying all of this is because the Eagles' pass defense is atrocious. This could easily be a Thielen game. But their pass rush is also really good. So I, that, that's why I'm saying I could see Diggs going either way where Kirk Cousins is forced to get him to a lot and it's a big day for him. Or I could just see it where he's got Adam Thielen for a 150-yard day. But looking at the schedule after this, if Diggs does have a big game, I set all that up to say also I would sell high on Diggs immediately. Yeah, so Beckham has a bad game. Diggs has a good game. Trade him for each other. There you go. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. You just brought it full circle. So Sam Darnold is going to be back for the Jets. So I've removed Robbie Anderson from the rankings. Now I need to re-rank him because I just had it as if Falk was starting. So where would you put Robbie Anderson? Would you rather play Robbie Anderson or Michael Gallup against the Jets? I would go, wow, that that's almost a coin flip for me. I would lean Robbie Anderson as the number one, but Robbie Anderson has the tougher matchup than Jamison Crowder. So I got to tell you, in a full-point PPR, I'm actually probably going to go Crowder over all three uh, as the best of the three. All right, would you play DJ Moore or Jamison Crowder? Mm, Jamison Crowder. DJ Moore's getting be getting left out I, too much. I, he, yes and no. He does that's, the most with what he has. He was good last week. <laughs> I know that's why I, I added on that little suffix part at the end where it was kind of like a mostly <laughs> it's, it's, it's been more Curtis Samuel since, uh, since Kyle Allen's taken over at quarterback. A uh, bit more still actually done more than Samuel has. Well, it on again, on what his volume has been, it's been better efficient, but the volumes to Samuel. Yeah, but DJ Moore, Moore is just straight up better. That's why. Oh, I don't disagree with you. I, you and I have always agreed on that. We always agreed that DJ Moore is the better receiver, better player, better option on the Panthers. But you're telling me kind of like to break it down. And this is kind of similar. I'll, I'll co- make a comparison to the running backs. It's similar to the Buccaneers backfield. It's like 
it's one's better than the other, but one's getting more work than the other. One's better doing better on his touch. Like it's just, it's a mess. And if you're asking me, Jamison Crowder with Sam Darnold, the quarterback, I'm taking Jamison Crowder over that mess. Okay. So I'll put Jamison Crowder in at number 31, one spot behind Cortland Sutton, one spot ahead of DJ Moore. And I'll put in Robbie Anderson, one spot behind Demarcus Robinson and one spot ahead of Deshaun Jackson. I'm good with that. Okay. So, if Tyreek Robbie Hill, Anderson could finish much higher though, because he's Robbie Anderson. Yeah, I mean he's sort of he's very Will Fuller esque. They even have like the same haircut. <laughs> if he catches three touchdowns this week, oh my god! <laughs> uh, if Tyreek Hill plays, you're definitely playing him, correct? Oh, there's no question about it. I actually think you have him in a great spot for where he deserves to be ranked. If he, like look, the Chiefs aren't bringing him back unless he's 100. That's been proven so far because he's been trying to run around to get on back on the field. Like if he's out there and he's 100, he's Tyreek freaking Hill. Yeah, I would say it's probably like 50-50 at this moment, and it's a fantastic matchup against the Texans. So he comes in uh, at number seven on the list. and That I, honestly might be too low. <laughs> maybe, but I don't have Watkins in right now. So I do feel like if Hill plays, it severely affects me, Cole, hard man, but not Demarcus Robinson or heir to the chip fortune, Mr. Pringle, Byron Pringle. But in this case, I would keep Robinson probably, if let's say Hill's out, what do we do with the Chiefs receivers? I guess that's the question. Well, is it Hill Hill and Watkins out? Yeah, Hill and like it really doesn't look like Watkins is going to play. Okay, so Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle are both still. I would say I would still go Demarcus Robinson first. Yeah, I would say he's almost fringy wide receiver two at that point, but Byron Pringle will be in the wide receiver three conversation. So, like, if there's no Hill and no Watkins, would you play Odell or the Pringle man? I would. Oh God! I know, I'd right? Still play Od- I'd still play Odell. I, would I just. Too. I can't believe we're having that. that. I said, "Oh God," because I can't believe this is a legitimate conversation we're having. And the only person, the only reason we're having this conversation is because one starts for the Chiefs and one starts for what looks right now to be the miserable Browns again. Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the, I think I figured out the Browns and what they're up to is that when everyone says that they're garbage and they're done, they come out and they absolutely storm everyone. And then when everyone gets on the bandwagon again, <laughs> they're absolutely terrible. <laughs> they're anti-fans is that what it is they just want to be like the opposite yeah well i mean baker is so polarizing and this team is so polarizing is that if anything good happens they're super bowl contenders but if there anything bad happens they're the worst team in the league so no the- what it really comes down to is the offensive line is trash and they're kind of they're they're proving the point where I, you know, I made the joke and I don't really believe it, but I said Zeitler over Odell Beckham and like last night's game. The, the truth is O-line matters a hell of a lot. Look at the Cardinals. Like we're doing this all the time with Cardinals last year. The Cardinals could be so much better this year. The offensive line matters a lot. And Baker has looked like at least half of it is his problem. But at the same time, he is under pressure time and time and time again. And Odell Beckham had two passes that being Odell Beckham, like most above average wide receivers make those catches, let alone it being Odell Beckham. And Otanel Callaway should have caught that one near the end zone and possibly had a touchdown. It could have been a little bit better. It still would have been great. But to your point, look, the Browns are still a talented team. I, I agree. And I actually, this gets brought up a lot. Like, yeah, the Browns offensive line sucks. So is one guy going to really make a difference if it's that putrid? Like, look, look at Tunsil on the Texans. Like their offensive no, line's no better. No, you need multiple pieces. That's why, like, if you look at what the Giants have done and not like the Giants are any great team right now, but it's like the Cowboys, go back to them. Because the Cowboys, a couple about before they started on this little run, they were in this conversation and they spent all that draft capital year after year after year until they had 
added three pieces and then a fourth piece and then they ended up being what they were it wasn't one piece it wasn't like with the giants and why i brought them is because it wasn't like they signed solder and they're automatically better they signed solder they drafted um i just forgot his name now what i was just about to say but they drafted the one they added another piece to the now where they actually have a decent offensive line which is part of the reason daniel jones has been able to do anything it, your point is right. Is Tunsil's not going to fix a team? One piece is not going to fix a team. They need multiple options. I'm just saying, losing Zeitler made it worse than it already was. Uh, as it pertains to Green Bay and Devontae Adams, I don't know if he's <laughs> going to play or not. So until I don't have any information on him, I'm going to presume that he's going to be out with a chance to play. The problem with it is that they play on Monday night, so we're not going to know that. So I've actually bumped down Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Geronimo Allison into my rankings. Not that they're great anyway, but if I knew that Adams was out for sure, they would be higher. But based on the fact that the game happens later, there are very few replacements should you end up committing to these players, then all of a sudden Adams plays, is that I've factored in more of their downside in terms of share rather than their upside. Well, on top of it, too, all of a sudden the Lions secondary has become a matchup problem because Darius Slay was always a matchup problem. Darius Slay was one of the more underrated corners because he played for the Lions. But that signing of Coleman, when they brought him over for the Seahawks, everybody's like, ah, you pay a slot corner that much? Well, slot corners have become very important with the new NFL and the new day, like how much people are used out of the slot, whether it's even just a slot receiver or somebody like a Juju Smith-Schuster or Michael Thomas that plays that big slot role. Coleman has been one of the best corners, period, let alone in the slot. So if you look at this, Geronimo Allison and Marquez Valdez-Scantling did essentially nothing last week, and Aaron Rodgers isn't throwing very well to his receivers if it's not Devontae Adams. So even if Devontae Adams is playing or not, I actually think your ranking is a, a proper area for them either way. I think if I knew for sure, I'd probably bump them up a bit just based on overall potential volume over the golden I'd, gates of the world and things like that. If Adams was out there, I would actually move Marquez Valdez-Scantling up a spit because he doesn't hmm. get Darius Slay. Hmm. I guess that's a very good point. If Adams plays, he's still a top 10 guy, right? Yeah, I don't see how not. I, I think that going forward when Adams is healthy, I think we're going to see what we saw right before he got hurt is that he's just going to be peppered. One interesting point about the slot corners and even hearkening back to what you had mentioned about the Rams, and we've seen the Rams employ the 12 personnel more this season rather than doing the 95% three wide receiver set. So you're getting both <laughs> Everett and Higby on the field at the same time. And the one counter I wanted to make to the Robert Woods point is and maybe it's only going to be in running situations or maybe that would be a tip-off to running situations, but Robert Woods is legit one of the best wide receiver blockers in the league. He really enhances a run game. When the Rams gave him all that money in the first place coming over from the Bills, that was one of the big reasons of why they did it. And people were like, Robert Woods, that's a lot of money for Robert Woods, but he is outstanding on the outside, really sealing those edges and really creating gigantic holes for any time that Gurley runs off tackle. So I could still see him getting on the field a little bit more, even in these bigger personnels. And that's certainly fair. Uh, mine, despite being on the field, is more just about the opportunities where the targets are going because similar to O.J. Howard, well, if he's on the field and he's asked to block more than he runs route, and obviously to, well, that's your point, is like it might be telling of what they plan to do because even going back to week four, he did have more snaps than Brandon Cooks. I think Brandon Cooks ended was actually third out of the wide receivers in that game. It just comes to more of the O.J. Howard comparison between the two. But your, your point's a valid one. Uh, any sleeper receivers you want to talk about? This is gross, dude. Oh, uh, wow. I think, I mean, we already brought up Auden Tate and he wasn't a sleeper because especially after last week, but I mean, we're talking about 
I think, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to bring up the same one I had last week in my column. And I think that even if Kenny Stills is healthy, if the Texans are smart and I'm not saying I'm smarter than the Texans, I'm not saying I'm smarter than an NFL coach. Yeah, you are. I'm just, <laughs> I just say what I brought up last week is that Kiki QT fits the, what this offense needs. And that's balance. Kenny Stills, long route developer, DeAndre Hopkins, long route developer, Will Fuller, long route developer. Kiki QT is the balance to this office to get work over the middle. You saw immediately last week, and yes, they get, you know, it was 50 points, and Deshaun Watson did throw for a ton. But let's give part of it to a fact of the, the offense made more sense. It was more balanced. Duke Johnson was even involved more. I think Kenny Stills needs to stay away. And if Kenny Stills is out, I think Kiki QT, again, you're talking to sleepers, and we're going pretty deep here. I, I think Kiki QT is only like a wide receiver five. But I think he would be back into that sleeper conversation again. He had, what, 70-something yards last week? He did. He only played 44% of the snaps, though, which I found really surprising. They went bigger as well and started playing a tight end and even split Duke Johnson out wide from time to time. So <laughs> the, the problem is that I think the cuties upside is negated by Duke Johnson because they do very similar things. Right. So you could go, if you wanted another Duke, you could go to Duke Williams, who is legitimately a thing. Well, he's not playing this week. Well, oh, yeah, that's right. The bills are off. Never mind that. You can't <laughs> go to Duke Williams. Uh-huh. I win this. So I should have made a bet on that one. That would have been an insta win for me, although I'd probably take some guy who fumbles and gets benched and finishes with minus points. Oh, embarrassing. No, uh, you could have taken uh, Zay Jones. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Let's go to quarterbacks. I have Mahomes and Sam Darnold as in, Mason Rudolph, Breeze, and Cam Newton as out. Uh, again, the team's on by. I got Mahomes at number one, Lamar at two, Deshaun at three, Kyler Murray at number four. I'm going to be playing a lot of Kyler Murray on DraftKings this week. Maybe it's – I've given up trying to predict who the other random receiver on Arizona could be this week and just been like, fuck it. I'm just going to play Kyler <laughs> and Fitz and just be on my way. Brady, Prescott. Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins in a gravy matchup. Uh, Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz is my top 10. Anyone you would move inside the top 10? Not really. I think this is a pretty clear cut week. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe we're, let me go back to it again. Where'd you have Rogers? I was looking at my list at the same time. I have Rogers at 12. Would you, I think I would consider him if Devontae Adams is out there. But again, you're not going to know because it's the Monday night. You can't make that decision now. Yeah, exactly. If we do, like I said, if we get confirmation that Adams is going to be in, I will adjust the rankings. These are not set in stone. Like Jake always mentioned, you do not have to submit your lineup on a Tuesday afternoon. You have all week to make bench <laughs> mistakes. You can figure all this out. Uh, no, at, now. I need to do it now. Number 11, I have Jameis. Then it's Rogers at 12. Then Kyle Allen over in London. Then let's see. Darnold, Rivers, Goff. Stafford, Mariota, and Hodges. I have no real feel for Mariota, but for whatever reason, I just think that he's going to have a good game in Denver because it's it makes no sense. So therefore, Mariota will be good. I was gonna say, the, the, where are you going with this? Because I don't think it's gonna make any sense. So there you go. That's the truth. It doesn't make any sense. That's usually when he has his best weeks when it just absolutely fails. What is he gonna do? Who's he gonna throw to against the Denver secondary? Uh let's see. AJ Brown. No. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll throw him like a three-yard slant and it will turn into a 90-yard <laughs> touchdown because that's what happens. Uh, yeah, A.J. Brown has three targets per game. No, I'm not doing it. I got to tell you, though, Marcus Mariota, for this game to go on the reverse side, if you want to talk about DraftKings and all that type of stuff, because he doesn't get that involved in the passing game, how do you beat the Broncos? You run the ball. Yeah. Derrick Henry might touch the ball 25 to 30 times this week. How is it that Deion Lewis like averages like 45% of offensive snaps played yet never touches, the <laughs> never ball? touches the ball. <laughs> it's weird. Like, what are you on the field for? I don't understand it. It's really bizarre. It's like, 
it's like you have him out there. It's like, oh, now we have our uh, our shiftier back. Maybe we'll pass him. It's like, no, just stand there. Don't do anything, Dion. That's it. <laughs> Maybe That's they... all he does. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there. He's the he's like a what? He's like one of those fake ducks that apparently ducks fall for, but everybody else is like, really, you're falling for that? Yeah, ducks. There you go. Come up with a nickname, the Mallard. There you go. He's the Mallard. Oh, the Mallard. I I don't mind that one. Uh, so yeah, that's, we're good for tight ends on that. Are we good for quarterbacks? Yeah, we're good for quarterbacks. <laughs> All right, tight ends. Uh, I have Herndon and Vance McDonald as in. Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry, T.J. Hawkinson, Jordan Reed, and Vernon Davis as out. Uh, likely out. Officially out. James O'Shaughnessy, the Irish assassin, uh, tore his ACL, <laughs> so he's done. Uh, ben Watson was cut by the Patriots, so he ain't playing on Thursday night. Number one, I got Kelsey. Number two, I got Kittle. I almost put Austin Hooper at number one, but I was too much of a coward to pull the trigger. He's at number three. <laughs> Ertz, Andrews, Walt Disley, Gerald Everett. Greg Olson, Chris Herndon, Delaney Walker. That's my top 10. Uh, I don't like Delaney Walker at this point. Well, you, who, but who, you, you have a Marcus Mariota feeling, so. Well, we'll just switch over to the 11 through 20. Who there do you like more than Mar- than Delaney Walker this week? That's sort of the problem. Honestly, honestly, well, okay, this is purely upside because the floor is a zero here, but the snap count and the opportunities, I would just risk Noah Fant at this point. I like Fant, but I've tried to get behind him two weeks in a row, and he's been absolutely, absolutely. No, he hasn't. And worst place, Jared Cook. He finally showed up. What do you? Hey, he did it, Pat. He finally. There was. He was one of the most dropped players in fantasy last week, and he finally showed up. Oh, I know. Of course, everyone is going to play him this week and get a big zero from him. Yep, against Jacksonville. Although Jacksonville's been kind of eh against tight ends. It's not like they've been locked down, but it is Yeah, but that, that is irrelevant to Jared Cook. Are people I on know. him and want to play him? That means he's going to be No, see, I was going to say, the, the only thing that would make this better is if they were somehow facing the Cardinals this week. Yeah. I, I was waiting for uh, Uzama to catch the Eifert touchdown last week. And then, like, one of the very, like, first – sometime in the first quarter, they threw to a tight end that I had legitimately never heard of. I was like, oh, it's going to be that guy. Was it, was it Drew Sample? Uh, Is that the, who they threw to? Maybe? The <laughs> sampler. Get to Costco. I, I, get you some samples. I'm Ron Burgundy? Let's see here. And I want to look this up. I forget who it was. No, I, was like, I was just like, I don't know. I think that's their is. only other tight end, isn't it? Let's see here. Who had the target or who had the, it's funny because I mean, I, Eifert almost it, came through, which was the craziest if it's, part. If it's not sample, I don't know who the, t- Oh like, no, I, this no, that's exactly. I, I know exactly who it was. Maybe he was a receiver and I had just never, he is a wide receiver. All right. So it's Stanley Morgan. Oh, Stanley Morgan's great. Is he Stanley great? Morgan and chase. Yeah. You're going to uh, say he, he sounds like an investment firm. Stanley Morgan Chase, isn't that isn't that the name of the firm? Is that the name of the firm? I think it's Morgan Stanley, actually. Okay, either way, I oh, know I actually like Stanley Morgan quite a bit. I, I thought he would go a little bit higher in drafts, honestly, in the NFL draft. Oh, I, he was I, undrafted I, for, free agent, I believe. I, they, I, I don't think he even ended up drafted. And they ended up just throwing it to him randomly for like a first down. He had he had one two targets in the game, one catch for six yards. Oh, you thought it was a, you thought it was a tight end? I was just like, this <laughs> yeah. is the guy. This is the guy who's going to kill everyone. <laughs> We, we went third. Just, le- we went third level of inception. Like if it's not going to be Eifert, of course it's going to be Uzama, but it'd just be this other guy. Yeah, that's the best thing about it. Is like it's so conflicting for when we do these rankings because I'm so happy because you know how I felt about Tyler Eifert, and I just kept telling everybody like, stop with Andy Dalton, stop with Tyler Eifert, stop, 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 stop. It's just a trap game, just like the Redskins with the Giants, just because of the matchup. And I still put Tyler Eifert inside my top twenty because you had to because the tight end position is super thin already. Like it's on a rebound from last year but it's still miserable. 
do you have any faith in like Darren Fells or the Patriots tight ends? Like you're not playing those guys, right? No, if I, I would play Aikens or uh, Fells before I played anybody from the Patriots, Izzo you, or whoever else they roll out, Lacostitute, your yeah, boy. The Lacostitute. Fells did play 79% of the snaps last week against the Falcons. I don't know if that yeah, was Yeah, but like, then it's been Aikens I, before that. Sure, I, I just don't know if it was like scheme. They played, again, they played a lot of 12 packages. They were both on the field for over 66% of the snaps, which is not something the Texans normally do. It's funny because the Browns got away from that on Monday night, and that's where they had so much success against the Ravens, playing these jumbo packages, just because you're able to add a bit more protection from time to time and give Baker a chance to throw. That's essentially what Deshaun Watson had last week. They were playing the two tight ends he had a bit more time to throw they scored 50 plus points so i'm glad you brought up baker because there's two sleeper tight ends if you want to get desperate ricky one seals, is jones and Demetrius pickle Harris. ricky seals jones yes he actually had that you saw that one catch that he almost got taken away and you realize that dude is just still so giant for how fast he moves he's a beast but guess who he's playing he doesn't do things against tight ends. It's the Seahawks, Pat. It's, 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 it's what's there. We're back full circles to last year. We should bring call up, call call him up, get him on the show. Let's talk about the Seahawks versus tight ends. So, um, but so yep. the, the the three tight ends from last night and the Monday night game. Demetrius Harris played fifty five percent of the snaps. Pharaoh Brand played thirty nine percent of the snaps, and Ricky Seals Jones only played thirty one percent, which I thought was surprising. But he runs routes. He does run routes when he's this out there. Yeah. So uh, the other one is if healthy vernon davis against the dolphins because it's the dolphins and if he's not i would i would gamble on sprinkle but again that's just again we're going this deep to the tight end you're just hoping for a touchdown only because they're playing the dolphins yeah like would you end up doing the sprinkler if in a pinch you needed someone or someone like hayden hurst uh i would go can you not see me doing the sprinkler no and then i I, I have to look at the camera i can't look at you on the screen that's over here i'll look at you on the screen you can do it right now do it. I just did it. It was terrible. No, it was terrible. If if Vernon Davis is out, I would go with Jeremy Sprinkle. Okay. Yeah. So I have Sprinkle at number 21 in the rankings. Like he's behind. Can you drop OJ Howard? Because I feel like you can. Yes. Absolutely. There's no question about it. It's what we've talked about weeks ago. The only reason he was hold on one more week last week was just because, I mean, not that tight ends much better this week, but it's just how thin the position is. It was kind of like, all right, well, it's OJ Howard. What are you going to do? You're going to drop OJ Howard to go pick up. Kyle Rudolph, no. Are you going to play Dallas Goddard as a backup? No. I mean, and that's the only reason why. But at this point, now the answer is probably just yes. It's the same thing we've said this entire year. Bruce Arians has him blocking 50% of the time. He's just not involved. You can't do anything anymore. So what you're saying is that tight end is like the detective from Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo. It's not small. It's thin, like a Twizzler. (laughs) Yes. That's there, what I'm saying. There's a throwback for you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. That's, a, that's the deep pull right there, Pat. <laughs> well, it's better than Deuce Bigelow European Gigolo, the sequel. There was a sequel? Oh, yeah. Rob, Rob Schneider getting that money, man. Him and Eddie Griffin. Was they, he, was they, he they, an animal they, in that they, one, too? They, they actually haven't been seen since that movie, either one of them. <laughs> there's probably a good reason why. Which one was the one where he was actually supposed to be like an animal? That, like, was, just that, called, that was just called The Animal. Oh, it was? Oh, so there you go. Yeah, like Eddie Griffin, his career was skyrocketing. He had undercover brother, which is awesome. And then nothing. <laughs> That's what happens when you tie yourself to Rob Schneider. I guess so. Uh, defenses very quickly before we... This is a very efficient show. Far more efficient than usual. Uh, I got, too many teams on a bye. I got New England at number one. That's probably oh, shocker. Pretty, pretty consensus. Uh, Carolina, the Chargers, the Cowboys, Les Titans, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Browns, the 49ers, and the Redskins. Mm, I think that's pretty good. I don't have many complaints there. 
then I got Green Bay, the Chiefs, just because they still have a pretty good pass rush. I mean, is Deshaun? You can. They might put up forty-five points, but you might get sacked eight times. So you, <laughs> you, you live and learn with that one. Philly. The only reason I have Philly down is because I know the Vikings are going to try to run as much as possible. That until they stop doing that, it's going to be hard to score fantasy points. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing is you don't run against Philly, but they're definitely going to try. Yeah, uh, I guess Arizona would be like the one sleeper defense that I have. I have no faith. In that. I, guess, I guess Washington is the sleeper defense, but it does feel like everyone's kind of on them. But Arizona, I'm not doing that. what's that? And there's, I said, I'm not doing. There's no way I'm putting the Redskins. This is that's another one. Like, just stop overrating the matchup. What, what is? What are the Redskins really going to provide fantasy-wise? Sacks. Like, they actually, I mean, they generated some pretty good pressure last week against Brady. I think their defensive line is probably the strongest unit they have on their team. And that's fair. I, I just do. Okay, I guess the question is, do you think the Redskins can get up to force the Dolphins to pass and not just rely on Kenyon Drake and check down Josh Rosen? Maybe. I mean, when we talk about like a dot, Josh Rosen has one of the deepest in the league. And like, it's not gonna be super surprising to me if either one of these teams jumps up 14, nothing. That's uh, fair. I mean, I, I guess that's what you're going for. But I just my fear would be depending on how much you get penalized for points given up if you start getting negative points real quickly. Yeah, I don't feel like a lot of systems actually have that, though. There's one I use my favorite system the other day. It's the first time I've ever liked anything to do with a kicker, Pat, is minus 35 or 25 for a missed extra point is the uh, greatest thing ever. Uh, we, we had that in our league one year, minus 100 for my for a missed extra point. That's, that's amazing. That's how we got rid of kickers. This is so great. Somebody tweeted it out. It was like, check out this box score. And they, a bunch of people tagged me on it because I guess they were tagging somebody else. I think it was Siciliano or something. And whatever the kicker was, whoever missed two extra points last week, he had minus 37 for the week. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. Yeah, you, you would actively have to not play. No matter how good the kicker was, you would have to not play one in lieu of that happening. <laughs> it's, it's so great. I love it. Man, just get rid of kickers. Super easy. All right, that's week six. Under an hour. Wow. And we talked about waiver wire. Anything else you want to talk? Anything you want to get off your chest? We talked waiver wires. We talked movies. We talked uh, Terminator specifically for a little while there. A little too long. We yeah, talked did, a lot of random yeah, things. We, we got some Deuce Bigelow action in the mix. Yeah, we did. What do you got going on at the Athletic? Oh, you know the the twelve oh one Eastern time. The rankings are going to come out. Got the podcasts. The throwback with Chris Meany and Brad Ziegler. My own podcast, All in Sports, which I have a footballer on this week, so that should immediately make my listenership go up. And then, of course, the one with D'Angelo Williams, which is just great because he tells you everything. You, uh, uh, I will say this: very interesting thing. I, I don't want to spoil it because I, please go listen and give it five stars and all that stuff, like Pat asked you to do. But D'Angelo Williams at the beginning of the show this week actually goes on record and says why he's so ticked off at the Panthers and it's kind of it's it's deep because it's about his mom and the whole cancer situation oh shit I thought it had something yeah. to do with him being like a professional wrestler or what do you ever bring that up to him? <laughs> no. the, the baby and the professional wrestler no we yeah. haven't gotten there yet we've ta- we've talked about it, we haven't talked about it on the show okay what's the most like interesting like besides nothing to spoil from this week because you guys have already recorded it so everyone go subscribe to that right now just yes. from the first few weeks of the season what do you think like the most interesting nugget that he's revealed that you were just like wow did not know that uh, so if this is me, some people might find it differently and Hey, I'm about to curse on your show, Pat. Are you ready oh, for this? Yeah. I'm so ready. I, w- I was asking him about Jalen Ramsey and I was asking, I said, Jalen Ramsey's on a playoff contending team. They're doing well. This is a team people thought that could be a Super Bowl contender. Now that they brought in Nick Foles, I said, he's demanding trade requests. I said, you D'Angelo Williams, you're on this team. Are you not going up to Jalen Ramsey? Be like, dude, we're a team. What are you doing here? Like, come oh, on. Like, I know we fuck that. 
Where is so not, not the, quite the, that. The, the only no, I, I'm talking as Pat Mayo right now. <laughs> You're you play in this league as your profession to make as much money as possible because you play doing a job where your career could end at any time. If you're not playing this selfishly, like everyone else in the world does for their job, and you want like NFL players who have a high degree of like you know, having brain injuries by the end of it to not go get theirs, you can go fuck off. <laughs> so close to that close not quite there and that's not the curse word but that was the point no no we hear it though because we hear it and people are out there as fans they're like hey you're supposed to be teammates you're supposed to be family don't you support each other don't blah 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 and that's what i asked them i said are you sitting there you know, you know part of it was the producer set up the question too but i said are you going to Jalen ramsey and be like dude you know we're family we're in this together don't you want to be in a playoff contending team and he goes what you just said, he goes, first of all, I've always been get your money. If your championship is more important than money and you want to take a little bit less, like whatever's important to you, do you. And he goes, and that's why family is bullshit in sports. I, I couldn't agree with him more like that. That The only people that don't think that are like fans of teams who want it right, to be fans. something that it's not. Right. And that's the, that's the concept of the show. That's where I like, now I agree with him on a lot of things and I agree with you with, with everything you just said, obviously a much more censored version. I agreed with you already. Like I was already on the side of you and D'Angelo Williams with that. Like the players go get your money, do whatever you need to do, get on a winning team, do whatever you want. We, as you said, we would do the same thing in our jobs if we could. So all that being said is the point of the show is to say, this is what fans think. So what's your opinion on this? What's your opinion when fans say we should be allowed to boo? Like I asked them a week ago about people booing and then cheering when Trubisky got hurt because they were so frustrated with the play so far, like those type of things. Like what is your take on how fans feel? Uh, tell everyone the name of the show again and where they can subscribe to it and rate and review it. Yeah. It's to be honest with D'Angelo Williams. And that's the end of the show. I, my name's not even in it. So, but, and Jake Seeley. Uh, but yes, the, it's on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, like all that type of stuff. So just go to iTunes. And then, well, iTunes is half the show. The full version is on The Athletic. So if you want to go to theathletic.com slash Owen Sports, which is the name of my podcast, that's the 40% off and you can get the entire episode. All right, cool. Microphone. And you get everything at The Athletic. And I hear they have a lot of writers. They have a hell of a lot of writers. And we have a fantasy basketball draft kit now for oh. people that care about that. I, I, Mina, I know you just you had the same reaction. <laughs> I, I think Meanie worked on it. Meanie was because Meanie's in every. No, Friday. no, no. Meanie did the Meanie did the majority of the hockey one. Him and Dom and some other people did that. And he's actually got a show with Eric Young, the wrestler, doing hockey. He did all that. He stepped away from basketball this year. Oh, good for him. He's, he's as Meanie covers like five separate sports. It's nice to see him start cutting some of them out. I know he just says yes to everything, and then I, he's working seventy-five hours. Hey, that's. Listen, you don't get the job if you don't say yes to everything, and then you get to the point where you can actually say no to things. That's how this works. That's how you and I got to where we are. Yeah, so maybe we did it wrong. Because <laughs> we're still saying yes to everything? Yeah, we're still doing the same show we did seven <laughs> years ago. <laughs> All right, Jake Sealy, follow him on Twitter at All in Kid. You can follow me at the PME. Ditto for Instagram. Ditto for Facebook. Play in the DraftKings PME week six viewers slash listeners league description in or link in the description of this video or podcast. And I told you about all three giveaways. The most important one, especially if you're in Germany is rated on iTunes, five stars, DraftKings handle something nice about the show. All right. I'm Pat Mayo. All of my ranks are in the description and comment section here and up on dkplaybook.com. They'll be updated every day and before the Thursday night game and on Sunday morning, I'll be back live 930 AM Eastern time with a live show 
on Sunday if you have questions about your lineups. And if I think that they're stupid, I'll mock you and ban you for life. But normally, I'll just answer the question. All right? I'm Pat Mayo. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!